Hey everybody, for this week's remediation, we're going to chapter 12 over the cell cycle, where we talk interphase, PMAP, mitosis, all that fun shit. So, hope you enjoy. Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. After last week's fuck fest of an episode, I decided I had to come back and do at least one more before a break in looking at today's topic. Who knows if I'm actually going to have a break because it just flows so nice and, you know, I want to keep things up. And in full disclosure, this is actually a second take. I had a dog hair in my mouth in the middle of, like, the last recording, so I was like, fuck it, we'll start over. I don't want it to be nearly as shit showy as last week's episode on cellular communication. Because this week, we were talking about the cell cycle, and it's very straightforward. It's one of the easier ones we've done. Um, so as always, let's just dive right in and describe the cell cycle, which is the life of a cell from the moment it's formed to the moment it's done dividing. And cell division happens for a bunch of reasons. It could be reproduction, it could be for growth, it could be for tissue repair, it could be for a bunch of shit. Those are the main three things, reproduction, growth, and repair. But that's what we're focusing on this episode, is what happens during that cell cycle. Now, in order to talk about that stuff, we've got to talk about some chromosomes. And we've got to talk about the genome. They're all related. So the genome is just all of the cell's genetic information. So all the cell's DNA. That's its genome. Now in prokaryotes, small simple things without a nucleus, um, they have a single circular chromosome. While eukaryotes, all the cell parts you remember learning about, those are for eukaryotes. Um, they have more than one, so at least more than one, linear chromosomes. And we are eukaryotes. We have 46 chromosomes. Mice have like 40. The fruit fly has 8. Chimpanzees have 48, if I remember correctly. Um, but together, all those chromosomes make up the genome. And all that stuff's important because before the cell goes through division, you've got to duplicate all your chromosomes. Whether you're a prokaryote and you've just got one to copy, you're a chimpanzee with 48, you're a human with 46, there's some plants that have thousands of chromosomes, everything in between, you've got to copy all of your chromosomes before you're going through cell division. And when you do that, you end up with what's known as a duplicated chromosome, because no fucking way you duplicate the chromosome and you end up with a duplicated chromosome. Holy shit. But what the duplicated chromosome consists of are two sister chromatids attached by a centromere. So we call each half a chromatid, even though it's actually the full fucking chromosome. It's got all the information, and the other chromatid has all the information, but we call it, after it's been duplicated, sister chromatids, and not chromosomes. So, um, we'll get into meiosis later, so we're going to skip that stuff right now and just get into mitosis and the phases of the cell cycle. So it's very important to note 
that mitosis is not part of interphase. If you remember IPMATC, sometimes people teach IPMATC when they talk about um, mitosis and everything. IPMATC, that is the cell cycle. Okay, interphase, prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase, cytokinesis. That's what they're talking about. That is the cell cycle. But mitosis does not include I, does not include C. It's a standalone unit because mitosis is actually just one half of what's known as the M phase or the mitotic phase. Interphase, on the other hand, has three parts, G1, S, and G2. So what happens during the cell cycle is the cell goes from G1 to S phase to G2 to mitosis to cytokinesis, and then those cells go into G1 and then S, G2, mitosis, cytokinesis, blah, 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 blah. That's the fucking cell cycle. So you have interphase, emphase, interphase, emphase. There's a lot of fucking words to describe the, with this stuff. Interphase is G1, S, G2, cytokinesis and mitosis. That makes up emphase, which is also cell division, which is also this, which is also that. It can get confusing. Just take your time, keep things straight, you'll be cool. So, interphase, like I said a couple times, is G1, S, and G2. And that makes up about 90% of the cell cycle. And in each one of those phases, something important is happening. In G1, the cell's growing, doing its normal cell shit, just living its cell life. And then, as we'll talk about later, something happens, it gets to something, and it needs to divide. Then it goes to S phase, S for synthesis. Okay, and then that phase is where DNA synthesis and chromosome duplication happens. Once that's all cool, then it goes to G2, where you're preparing for cell division. Then you enter M phase, which is mitosis and then cytokinesis. They're both having to do with division, but mitosis concerns itself with the division of the nucleus, while cytokinesis concerns itself with the division of the cytoplasm. So, mitosis, it is the prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase, PMAT. Um, it is just one half of emphase, but it's the one that where all the cool shit's going on, so that's where people spend most of their time. But when we talk about it as prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase, it implies that it's these series of choppy steps, when in fact it's this continuous process and we've just kind of taken a snapshot at different points saying, all right, this is the start of a new phase. This is the start of a new phase. This is the start of a new phase, even though it's a continuous nonstop thing. So it's kind of as arbitrary as the months out of the year. Like we just say, all right, well, this has 30 days and now we're in this new month, even though every day is just the continuation of the year. Same kind of thing there. So um, with the stages of mitosis, um, there's a couple little tricks to remember what happens. I like to think of case. When you're describing what happens to the chromosomes during mitosis, C-A-S-E. They condense, they align, they separate, and they expand. That's what happens to the chromosomes. So by condensing during prophase, they become visible. When they align during metaphase, they're lined up down the middle of the cell. In anaphase, they separate. The two sister chromatids pull apart, becoming individual chromosomes again. And then in telophase, they expand back 
from the condensed down versions that they became in prophase and then cytokinesis happens. So um, if you want pictures, you can follow along with the show notes. They do kind of help. But basically describing what happens and everything in prophase, your chromosomes go from being this loose stringy stuff called chromatin, just think of it as a pile of yarn, um, into actual chromosomes, like condensed down what you think of as chromosomes, the X shape that you're familiar to seeing. It be only becomes that during prophase. And then you have um, prometaphase sometimes, or some people list prometaphase as a stage as a stage between prophase and metaphase. And that's just where your nucleus is dissolving more, um, your chromosomes are starting to move towards the center. In metaphase, they're lined up straight down the middle, one row. And then in anaphase, like I said, the chromatids are getting pulled apart. Telophase, they're expanding and as cytokinesis is occurring. And cytokinesis literally means cell movement, so it's the moving of the cell, it's dividing the cytoplasm. In an animal cell, we get the cleavage furrow. Yeah, the cleavage furrow, which is really just, that was super creepy of me, holy shit. I regret doing that, and if this wasn't the second take, I'd go back and redo it, but it is what it is, so it's staying in. Cleavage furrow, damn it. Anyways, what it is, it's where the cell membrane of is starting to pinch together and it makes this furrow, cleavage furrow. It looks like cleavage. So, it, yep, we're just gonna leave it as it looks like two boobs smushing together as the cell membranes come together to make two cells. That happens only in animal cells because they don't have a cell wall. Plants, cell wall, little more complicated. You've gotta make what's known as a cell plate. And the cell plate is where the cell wall is going to form. Um, and that's pretty much mitosis. So the one thing to kind of point out is that during anaphase, when the chromosomes or the chromatids, I'm sorry, are separating from each other, becoming individual chromosomes again, um, they are shortening at the end with the chromatids. They're not shortening from the opposite ends with the um, centrioles and everything. They're actually separating or pulling apart from the area closest to the chromosome. So that's just kind of a nifty little shit. Okay. Um, now, prokaryotes, they don't go through mitosis. They go through a similar process called binary fission where they will go and duplicate their chromosome and then just split in half. Get that cleavage furrow. Just so I can say it again. Cleavage furrow. But actually they've got cell walls, so you know, they get a cell plate. But I just want to say cleavage furrow some more. Creep people out further. But binary fission literally just means splitting in two. And that's pretty much what prokaryotes do. Copy their DNA, split in half, call it a day. Hey, that rhymed. Copy their DNA, split in half, call it a day. Look at me. I'm a poet. So, 
you might be wondering how does the cell do shit between these phases how does it know when it needs to divide when it needs to go to the next phase um, and there's these checkpoints that happen along the way that are basically the stop and go signals and there's three main checkpoints there's the G1 the G2 and the M spindle checkpoint okay so the G1 checkpoint is the most important and this is the one that basically decides is it going to eventually go through cell division so it's controlled by the size of the cell various growth factors various environmental factors all this stuff um, where if it gets a stop signal it just enters this non-dividing state called G0 and like things like nerves and muscle cells stay in G0 pretty much forever um, and they're just like living their life doing their cell stuff but if the signal says go we need to go through cell division at that point that's where DNA synthesis DNA replication begins starts entering S phase eventually getting all the way through G2 and M phase so the G1 checkpoint is the most important because it's basically going to decide do I just do my thing or am I going to go through cell division once you go past that G1 checkpoint you're pretty much on the path to cell division you just got to get your way there the next point is the G2 checkpoint after G2 okay and that is after DNA has replicated all this stuff just kind of making sure you're ready to divide um, it's controlled by various mutations this again cell size whether DNA replication is done or not um, if everything says go then you enter your M phase and there is a checkpoint within mitosis that's the M spindle checkpoint or the metaphase checkpoint um, and it's checking to make sure the spindle fibers which are the things that are going to pull the chromatids apart make sure they are actually attached to the chromosomes at the appropriate places so that they can pull apart the chromatids and actually separate them into the separate cells so how does all this shit happen okay there's a bunch of regulatory molecules both internal and external factors controlling it um, some of the internal regulators are these things called kinases um, which we've talked about kind of last week um, and we have cyclins which cyclins are named because there's this cycle that they go through and their levels will rise and fall depending on where they are at in the cell cycle early in the cell cycle in G1 and S they're very low as you go through G2 they build in concentration they're at their highest during M phase and then after M phase they drop back down to super low concentration so I like to think of them as money to pay for cell division you've got to save up your money when you get enough to pay for your shit then you go through division and you do all your shit and you divide so um, one of the kinases is this kinase called cyclin dependent kinase which is abbreviated CDK and CDK is active when it is connected to cyclin so it's there and as the cyclin concentration increases it is going to um, interact with the CDK to make the maturation promoting factor or MPF and when you have enough of that that is when the cell 
goes from G2 into M phase. Okay? Now, externally, there's three main things um, that control whether or not you're going to go through the cell cycle. You have growth factors, which are just proteins released by their cells that say you need to go through fucking cell division and grow. So that's pretty straightforward. Then you have density-dependent inhibition, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's inhibition depending on how densely packed the cells are. And essentially, if there's no room, cells won't divide. So that's what it means by density-dependent. If there's two densely packed cells, then you're not going to divide. As soon as there's room, then you can go through and divide. There's these cell surface proteins um, that the adjoining cells um, will bind to, and that's going to inhibit the growth. And then there's anchorage dependence, which basically just says cells have to have some sort of matrix to be binding to in order to go through division. So it might be attached to another cell or it might be extracellular matrix. Um, they just need something to anchor on in order to go through cell division. Now the shit about cancer is that cancer has lost both that density dependent inhibition and that anchorage dependence. So it doesn't give a shit if it's crowded and there's nothing to connect to. Cancer is just gonna grow. And that's just because they don't can cancer cells don't respond to regulation. So it's a runaway cell cycle because you can't regulate it anymore. Um, and it takes a couple of genetic changes, anywhere from like five to seven. There's all these tumor suppressing genes and all that shit going on in cells that keep tumors from happening. But if all those things fall apart then you end up getting cancer and you can get um, your different types of tumors, your benigns, your malignants, um, benign being, you know, just a lump that stays at the original site. Those are, if you have to pick a type of tumor, you want a benign one. Your malignant ones are invasive, which um, impairs the function of at least one organ. That's what we call cancer. If it's invasive and it's impairing the function of an organ, then it's called cancer. Um, if it's just a lump of cells, that's a benign tumor. And then metastasis is when cells separate from the tumor, travel to another part of the body, and that's when cancer is spread. Okay, but cancer being nothing more than just this runaway cell cycle, runaway division, that you just have lost the ability to regulate, and things become cancerous. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, is the cell cycle. It's a short and sweet episode. Definitely not a fuck fest like last week. Um, so we're going to wrap it up and clock this one in in under 20 minutes, which is great. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BioForBastards. I almost forgot my fucking Twitter handle. At BioForBastards. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Tell everybody you know. Um, there was somebody who shared the podcast on their study forum so thank you for that one um i if i were smarter i would have written that down kimmy martinez thank you for that i just pulled it up real quick but you didn't need to know that but i told you anyways so thank you for doing that you are the bastard of the week and 
Our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. And until next time, thanks for listening. So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just wanted to say, follow us on Twitter at Bio4Bastards. Um, our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.